The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We have made it to the middle of the week as Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. We did see some lower numbers in the grain trade today. Want to start out, obviously, reaction from last night's State of the Union address. Not a lot, Arlen, was said about agriculture, but there was some smittens here and there. Yeah, I, my response is generally didn't do anything to really upset the markets. Uh, everything was pretty much as you would expect, um, holding the line on China, which you would expect out of a negotiator going into the uh, final weeks of negotiating with China toward a trade agreement. At least we hope it's getting down to the final week, certainly until the deadline on March 1st. And uh, no new threats regarding to in regards to uh, shutting down the government, nothing that we hadn't heard before. So from that standpoint, uh, yeah, no new proposals necessarily either to benefit. So I would call it rather benign as far as the ag markets go. Looking at, though, China, obviously that has been and will continue to be the topic of discussion with this grain and even the, the pork complex until we get some sort of official word. Yeah, absolutely. You could go across the spectrum in the commodities. China is the big story in the China trade talks. Other things are peripheral. Now, we've had a big peripheral issue coming up on Friday with USD's big data dump. But beyond that, it's all about China. Do we get a trade deal or not? If we do, what does it look like? That's going to be the big story for the ags, for the energy markets, uh, across the board in the commodities. You talk about that data dump, and there's a lot of information that's going to be thrown at all of you and everybody all at once. As you look at what you expect, how do you guys go through deciding what to try to focus on initially? Well, the bottom line is always the bottom line, as we say. It's the ending stocks. What do all the changes do to projected ending stocks for the current marketing year? Within that is the final production estimates for 2018. The general expectation that's been priced into the market is that last year's corn and soybean crops got a little bit smaller after the November crop report. Then you look beyond that to what does USDA do to South America's production estimates, probably ratcheting down their Brazil soybean production estimate. Could come up a little bit with Argentina, but I doubt it this early in the growing season. On corn, probably no notable changes there. Then what does USDA do with the quarterly stocks estimates for here in the United States for corn, soybeans, and wheat? Particularly known for the surprises is that is that corn stocks estimate because that has big implications for, for feed usage. And uh, USDA's feed usage numbers have been somewhat suspect. Are the, the, are the stocks smaller than expected? Are they larger than expected, etc.? Then what does USDA do with Chinese soybean demand? Uh, general expectation it'll be coming down. I doubt that USDA will come down nearly as far as what we think they need to in this report. Probably wanting to wait to bring that down until after the negotiations with China over with. Then you put that together with the Brazilian production estimate, how far it comes down, and you start to see what the implications are for U.S. soybean export. 
so a lot of moving pieces overall in in the data coming out that have to be put together pretty quickly and of course computers will be doing it all within milliseconds of the data release with the human still trying to open the report <laughs> yeah very well put so are we going to see then maybe as you put it that way maybe some knee-jerk reaction to start out with those numbers this should be a heyday for the algo traders. Those computers are reading the numbers as they're coming across the headline. Some of the numbers should, will likely be bullish, some of them likely be bearish. So I anticipate this will be one of those for us to study and to observe and refer back to for a long time with prices moving back and forth very quickly while traders physical traders are still trying to open up the report and look over the numbers in the first 30 seconds after the report's release. I expect to see a tremendous amount of price movement during that period of time. Corn and soybean prices have, and even wheat have largely been range-bound now for quite some time in the absence of USDA data in recent weeks. Now, USDA has started to release some data, but they're really parsing it out over quite a period of time. And this is the big one coming up on Friday. So I anticipate that what the market perceptions of reality are and what USDA's version of reality is are probably going to be somewhat different. And we're probably going to see quite a lot of volatility in those initial minutes after reports release as the markets adjust to the new reality presented to us by USDA. We've gone so long without any sort of real data coming in uh, because of that partial government shutdown. And now we've got it looming again with the date of next week. Nice, though, to see as we look at this confirmed sales, for example, China with the 586,000 metric tons and then another 182,000 that went to an unknown in soybeans. Does that give you guys some some hope of getting back into kind of a, a basic rhythm once again? Well, certainly it, it helps. Now, when you look at the, we believe that China had bought about 5 million metric tons in, in December and early January. And then last week they promised to buy another 5 million metric tons, which would be about 184 million bushels U.S. soybeans. Uh, and it looks like they've already bought now confirmed 156 million of that. And there's some chatter today that they're shopping once again, even though it's a lunar near holiday, trying to fulfill that commitment. So that's encouraging. Does it fix the soybean balance sheet? No, but it brings us closer to it, and that's a positive for the grain and oilseed markets, at least now. But we need to get past Friday's really data dump before the traders are going to feel comfortable trading that and see where we are with everything else and how it all fits together. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more to take a look at. Weather has been a factor working in once again. We'll find out how much of a factor it is on the grain and the livestock side as well. Look what's happening with our cattle and hogs. Stick around. We do have more coming up. Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone as we jump into the second half. Let's talk a little uh, weather action. I know that it is definitely causing some concern for you guys in Kansas as we see this front that will move all the way across the upper Midwest, causing for some big issues both on the grain movement side and the livestock side. Oh, it certainly is, and we saw the effect in this morning's uh, ethanol report as well with ethanol production last week 
dropping off significantly. In fact, the smallest weekly uh, uh, pace for production of ethanol we'd seen since the first week of October 2017. We've seen that suppress somewhat because of weak margins, but the bitter cold temperatures last week being a problem. Then when you look at the cash grain market, um, last week so cold it was tough to really get any type of uh, trying to get the trucks to move uh, to move grain and then we get into this week and now we're getting into some icing issues on highways and uh, slowing down the truck movement as well uh, so creating some problems and on livestock we're finally starting to get some feedlots uh, dried out a little bit take care of some of the mud problems uh, our cattle had pulled a lot of weight off we were fairly current with our uh, with our cattle herd um, and then we uh, had that cold weather and some winter weather and moving through the mud and everything and pulled some weight off and and uh, just starting to get out of that and dry some feedlots out now another winter storm coming through creating problems for feeders so it's certainly been a challenging winter all the way around in the ag sector and a lot of areas don't have a lot of snow on the ground for for that ground cover protection and i know a wheat crop is one we're gonna have to wait till we see it come out of dormancy but there's been a lot of chatter in the backgrounds on social media with some concerns really has been and and the biggest concerns really come out of the southern midwest or roughly 25 percent of the nation's soft red winter wheat crop was vulnerable to last week's cold or temperatures below zero reaching down toward the ohio river valley and of course, it'll be several weeks before that crop is able to break dormancy and give us a feel for what the damage was. We anticipate there was some damage, as we know in this part of the country, it's always hard to really assess winter kill damage until you get some warm up and, and can separate out the healthy plants from, from the damaged plants. Um, but uh, it's there again, like you said, it's been tough. Finish over on the livestock side of this cattle market. You and I were talking during the commercial break about some supply and demand issues with this cattle, but add to it the fact that it's been so cold. We're ready for some barbecue season, some warmer weather, so we can move some of these cattle out of the freezer. Certainly are. The market's been trying to hold on and held in pretty well to this point, uh, but we need barbecue season to really help pull us out of the levels that we're at right now. And, and uh, with the, looking at the extended forecast, expected to below normal temperatures over much of the eastern half of the country now for a number of weeks yet and they delay barbecue season in here i'm happy with the way things are holding out from a producer standpoint uh, but uh, i'd certainly like to see some warm weather come in and stay and and encourage people to get out on the grills are we seeing any pressure going on in the feeder cattle uh, feeder cattle, we saw a real pop come in there with uh, the, some of those feedlots drying out. and We actually saw some places where we could make it work to pull feeder cattle into lots. We had some lots emptying out, some pens emptying out, some space to, to uh, move some feeder cattle in. And, and they gave us a pop in the feeder cattle market. Uh, but that's quickly now starting to pull back once again uh, as we uh, see some of these other factors we mentioned start to play and uh, saw red on the screen once again today for feeder cattle. No surprise to the hogs. Just like in the grains, we got a lot of focus on what's going on with China. That's the big question. And uh, we've priced in, and we've been talking about this now for several months, priced in expectations of big imports of pork into China, either directly or indirectly because of African swine fever. We still expect that to be the case. But that initial surge of, uh, of movement was within China as, as hog herds were liquidated early, as producers tried to get rid of the hogs before the disease hit. 
And so they had a surge in, in supply that uh, really wasn't anticipated by the marketplace. And that's keeping the Chinese market well supplied right now. We're monitoring pork prices in China on a region-by-region region basis, on a weekly basis, and uh, looking for indications of when that demand shift will start to come. We still believe it's going to happen. We still believe it's probably going to be primarily in the last half of this year, extending on into 2020. Uh, it's taking time to unfold, and the market's just got a little ahead of itself and starting to correct. And here recently, we've seen a little bit of pressure. You know, a really encouraging bullish reversal on the charts for lean hogs, lean hog futures uh, on Monday, and just very disappointing on the follow through now. Uh, unable to really post anything follow through, and now we're starting to lose confidence in that reversal with uh, product prices still continuing to slip. Well, lots of things to look at this week, especially as we head into the craziness of Friday's report. Folks want to kind of follow along. Um, best way to get more information from you and follow along with you on social media, Arlen. Yeah, intlfcstone.com or over on Twitter at twitter.com slash Arlen, A-R-L-A-N, F-F-101. Thanks so much, Arlen. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers. It's a Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network.